Hello, welcome to Praying the Word of God. My name is Tay and I'm here to pray through the Word of God with you. Once again, I hope this message finds you well. I pray you're in good spirits and ready to sit with me in this moment to give a little time towards seeking God's face through devotion and prayer. So last week was a pretty extensive devotion and prayer, right? Because we walked through nearly the whole book of Esther to understand the importance of power, influence, and access. Now, these positions are vital to the church because God places us in such positions for two reasons. One is to advance his agenda and two, to protect those who are considered the least among us. But history has shown that when we fail to do this, it often breeds corruption and corrupt power always leads to the shedding of innocent blood, um, oppression on many levels, or in extreme cases, the annihilation of minority groups. For this reason, people in positions of power should always have someone close to them who can guide them towards and remind them of God's will, not towards their own ambitions or only towards those who are related to them or only to those who support them. Now, because not everyone who's in positions of power have a sense of godly governing and not everyone who's in positions of access have influence and not everyone who's in positions of influence have power, I want to use the next few episodes to further focus on each position one at a time so that we can give it the attention I think it deserves, you know, in hopes that we're better able to recognize the positions we as individuals are in. And then we can use those positions to genuinely glorify and honor God and, you know, be a defender to the weak. So today, let's look a little deeper at positions of power through the life of King Xerxes. When we go back to the book of Esther, who in this story holds the power? Who is it in this story that has the greatest capacity to alter the people's living conditions, good or bad? It's King Xerxes, right? Now, we can argue that Haman and Esther were in positions of power also, but they only had power to the extent the king allowed them to have. Haman and Esther could not do what the king did not permit them to do. So what Haman and Esther had was influence because although they didn't have the ability to move on their own authority, they did have the capacity to alter the king's state of mind by persuading him towards what mattered to them. For example, whenever Haman made a request to the king, it always entailed strengthening Haman's power and annihilating a group of people that Haman hated because, you know, that is what mattered to him. However, although Queen Esther's and Haman's influence is what often guided King Xerxes' final decision-making, 
make no mistake about it, that King Xerxes was the keeper of power and ultimately was the one who withheld it and released it. Now, this is no surprise because people who are in positions of power are often surrounded by influential people who want their you know, attention for many different reasons. So people, of, uh, people who are in positions of power are often uh, around advisors. They often have advisors that they consult with in order to maintain a checks and balances, you know, and avoid rash decision making. And this is a good thing. Because Proverbs 11 and 14 tells us that where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. When we go back to chapter one of Esther, we see that King Xerxes was furious because his first wife, Queen Vashti, would not go to him when she was summoned. So to avoid making a rash decision, the king sought out his advisors on the best way to respond to the matter. And, you know, for this reason, we can actually say advisors are also very influential people because anyone who's an advisor of any sort, whether it be a pastor, a mentor, a counselor, a teacher is almost always expected to know and have the best course of action that we as a community or a nation or an individual should take, right? And I think we almost always deem them as the experts in morals and ethics and even law. Now, I think it's just as important for people in positions of power to be willing to listen to the advice being given because Proverbs 12 and 15 says that the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man listens to advice so what good is godly advice if we're not willing to listen to it if we continue to study the book of Esther we see that victory for the Jews wasn't just because of one woman's willingness to speak to the king Queen Esther did her job by addressing the issue to the king, but the king had to be willing to listen and hear her out. In fact, I believe that this whole story is about people working together, operating within their positions to accomplish salvation for a group of people who could not otherwise obtain it for themselves. So when people get in these positions of power, especially godly people, it's very important to understand and remember why you've been placed there in the first place. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says that people should adhere to the leadership that's been set up in this world because people in such positions have been sent by God for, listen to this, Number one, the punishment of evildoers. And number two, for the praise of those who do good. Which ties into advancing God's agenda and protecting those who are considered the least among us. 
But what happens when people in such superior positions choose not to honor God through their leadership? Where is God when there is abuse of power? Because unfortunately, this does happen. And it has been an issue since the fall of man. And if I'm honest, it's happening quite frequently these days. Whether we choose to talk about this or not, we can study the Holy Scriptures. And when we study the Word of God, we see that God has always had something to say about leaders who fail to use their positions of power for the greater good. He takes it personally and he deals with them personally. In fact, God considers any person in leadership who abuses their power an enemy to him. I know this is tough for some people to hear. You know, I don't know, maybe especially if you're a leader, because I think the role of a leader is very is a very heavy one because you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Not only that, but you know, I think it would be remiss of us as the body of Christ to only place an emphasis on a person's duty to follow while diminishing the duty leaders have in taking care of their people. So let's jump over to Ezekiel 34 to see what it looks like when people of power, i.e. leaders, refuse to use their positions for what God intended. So in Ezekiel 34, we see God commanding Ezekiel to prophesy against the leaders of Israel. At that time, um, the leaders were, you know, the power source for the nation and they were directed by God to do so. However, a judgment was made against them because they had not done what was right by the people they were called to lead. So God told Ezekiel to prophesy against the leaders of Israel. And he said, give them this message. And it reads, What sorrow awaits you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? You're using the position I put you in for your own selfish gain. Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, you wear the wool, and butcher the best animals, but you let your flock starve. You see all the issues they're up against, but you ignore them while you fulfill your own needs and the needs of your friends. You've not taken care of the weak. You've not tended to the sick or bound up the injured. You've not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd. And they are easy prey for any wild animal. Because of the way you've treated them and the way you've governed them, my people have fallen subject to all kinds of disparities. 
They have wandered through all mountains and all the hills across the face of the earth, yet no one has gone to search for them. You're not even trying to figure out why they're lost. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you were supposed to represent my will on earth, not yours. You didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Since you won't listen to anyone else, since you won't take any of the wise counsel I brought to you, I now consider these shepherds, these leaders who I placed over my people and made my people subject to, I have made them my enemies. And I will hold them responsible for what has been happening to my flock. They are personally responsible for my people falling away, being subject to oppressions, confusions, divisions, and the like. I will take away their right to feed the flock. I will cause my sheep to not even want to receive from you. They won't want to hear you. They won't want to listen to you, and they will not take your words as truth. And I will stop them from feeding themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths. I'm coming to get my people from the leadership that you perverted. The sheep will no longer be their prey. Now, I've placed uh, a few emphasis on it. Um, But in this prophecy, we learn that God gave his leaders the right to rule and govern over his people. This was a privilege, and it placed the leaders at an advantage. But we also see that when these powers are abused, God will eventually take them away. And, you know, we need to talk about this. Because people in any leadership capacity need to be warned about the dangers of mishandling anything or anyone God has given them. And for this reason, I want to focus today's prayers on people in leadership. Although being a leader and being a person in a powerful position often yields great advantages, God places a huge burden on the leader to do right by the office they're appointed to. And this should always be at the forefront of every leader's mind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you to lift up every leader that's currently placed here on this earth. Your word tells us that any authority that exists is established and given by you for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. And those who are governed by them are to adhere to them. Father, we pray 
that those in any leadership capacity begin to understand the weight of their calling and the burden of their responsibilities. To advance your agenda and to protect those who are considered the least among them. Please position godly advisors around every leader. People who know your will and even uphold them to the same standard and hold themselves to the same standard. Give them advisors who's willing to speak the truth in love and stand for what's right even if they have to stand by themselves. We pray that the leaders of this world surround themselves around these kinds of advisors. Not the kind of advisors who are only yes men or advisors who seek their own personal advantages. But people who have godly wisdom and good intentions towards leadership and the people they're called to serve. Father, we ask that you remind our leaders that when a man's way please you, O Lord, you make even his enemies be at peace with him. We pray that our leaders open their hearts to receive your truth. For every leader that is walking in the error of your way, we pray that they heed your warnings. We ask that you remind every leader, especially those who bear the name of Jesus Christ, that with great power comes great responsibility and that they have a duty to use their positions for the greater good and for the people whom they lead. And if they fail to uphold their positions in this manner, remind them that their downfall awaits. And that they have a personal issue with you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Anyone who normally tunes into this podcast know that I've made a decision to no longer assume that everyone who listens to this podcast has a relationship with Jesus Christ or has already received salvation through Jesus Christ. So for those who may be listening but are not followers of Jesus Christ and you're now ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're like a prodigal son, you used to consider yourself a follower of Christ, but you know, you've fallen away from the truth and simply ready to come back home. Please pray this with me. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. Your word teaches that in order to be saved, we must confess our sins, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as our Lord and Savior. I may not fully know or understand what all of this means, but I know that I'm ready to give my life and my heart to something bigger and greater than me. For this reason, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. I turn from my sins, and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to draw closer to you in every way while I'm on this journey called life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you want to listen to more prayers and devotions, they are available on the Make Me Good Ground YouTube channel and all major podcasting platforms. You can also listen on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher entitled Praying the Word of God. If you know someone who will be encouraged by these podcasts, simply share it. You can also follow me on Instagram at Praying the Word of God. And if you're someone who gave your life to Christ and rededicated your life to Jesus Christ by praying the prayer of salvation with me today, email me at prayingthewordofgod2020 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your story. Thank you and take care. Hello, welcome to Praying the Word of God. My name is Tay and I'm here to pray through the Word of God with you. Once again, I hope this message finds you well. I pray you're in good spirits and ready to sit with me in this moment to give a little time towards seeking God's face through devotion and prayer. So last week was a pretty extensive devotion and prayer, right? Because we walked through nearly the whole book of Esther to understand the importance of power, influence, and access. Now, these positions are vital to the church because God places us in such positions for two reasons. One is to advance his agenda and two, to protect those who are considered the least among us. But history has shown that when we fail to do this, it often breeds corruption. And corrupt power always leads to the shedding of innocent blood, um, oppression on many levels, or in extreme cases, the annihilation of minority groups. For this reason, people in positions of power should always have someone close to them who can guide them towards and remind them of God's will, not towards their own ambitions or only towards those who are related to them or only to those who support them. Now, because not everyone who's in positions of power have a sense of godly governing and Not everyone who's in positions of access have influence and not everyone who's in positions of influence have power. I want to use the next few episodes to further focus on each position one at a time so that we can give it the attention I think it deserves, you know, in hopes that we're better able to recognize the positions we as individuals are in and then we can use those positions to genuinely glorify and honor God and, you know, be a defender to the weak. So today, let's look a little deeper at positions of power through the life of King Xerxes. When we go back to the book of Esther, who in this story holds the power Who is it in this story that has the greatest capacity to alter the people's living conditions, good or bad? 
It's King Xerxes, right? Now, we can argue that Haman and Esther were in positions of power also, but they only had power to the extent the king allowed them to have. Haman and Esther could not do what the king did not permit them to do. So what Haman and Esther had was influence because although they didn't have the ability to move on their own authority, they did have the capacity to alter the king's state of mind by persuading him towards what mattered to them. For example, whenever Haman made a request to the king, it always entailed strengthening Haman's power and annihilating a group of people that Haman hated because, you know, that is what mattered to him. However, although Queen Esther's and Haman's influence is what often guided King Xerxes' final decision making, make no mistake about it, that King Xerxes was the keeper of power and ultimately was the one who withheld it and released it. Now, this is no surprise because people who are in positions of power are often surrounded by influential people who want their, you know, attention for many different reasons. So, people of uh, people who are in positions of power are often uh, around advisors. They often have advisors that they consult with in order to maintain a checks and balances, you know, and avoid rash decision making. And this is a good thing because Proverbs 11 and 14 tells us that where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. When we go back to chapter one of Esther, we see that King Xerxes was furious because his first wife, Queen Vashti, would not go to him when she was summoned. So to avoid making a rash decision, the king sought out his advisors on the best way to respond to the matter. And you know, for this reason, we can actually say advisors are also very influential people because anyone who's an advisor of any sort, whether it be a pastor, a mentor, a counselor, a teacher, is almost always expected to know and have the best course of action that we as a community or a nation or an individual should take, right? And I think we almost always deem them as the experts in morals and ethics and even law. Now, I think it's just as important for people in positions of power to be willing to listen to the advice being given because Proverbs 12 and 15 says that the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So what good is godly advice if we're not willing to listen to it? If we continue to study the book of Esther, we see that victory for the Jews wasn't just because of one woman's willingness to speak to the king. Queen Esther did her job by addressing the issue to the king, but the king had to be willing to listen and hear her out. 
In fact, I believe that this whole story is about people working together, operating within their positions to accomplish salvation for a group of people who could not otherwise obtain it for themselves. So when people get in these positions of power, especially godly people, it's very important to understand and remember why you've been placed there in the first place. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says that people should adhere to the leadership that's been set up in this world because people in such positions have been sent by God for, listen to this, number one, the punishment of evildoers, and number two, for the praise of those who do good which ties into advancing God's agenda and protecting those who are considered the least among us. But what happens when people in such superior positions choose not to honor God through their leadership? Where is God when there is abuse of power? Because unfortunately, this does happen. And it has been an issue since the fall of man. And if I'm honest, it's happening quite frequently these days. Whether we choose to talk about this or not, we can study the Holy Scriptures. And when we study the Word of God, we see that God has always had something to say about leaders who fail to use their positions of power for the greater good. He takes it personally and he deals with them personally. In fact, God considers any person in leadership who abuses their power an enemy to him. I know this is tough for some people to hear. You know, I don't know, maybe especially if you're a leader, because I think the role of a leader is very is a very heavy one because, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Not only that, but, you know, I think it would be remiss of us as the body of Christ to only place an emphasis on a person's duty to follow while diminishing the duty leaders have in taking care of their people. So... Let's jump over to Ezekiel 34 to see what it looks like when people of power, i.e. leaders, refuse to use their positions for what God intended. So in Ezekiel 34, we see God commanding Ezekiel to prophesy against the leaders of Israel. At that time, um, the leaders were you know the power source for the nation and they were directed by God to do so however a judgment was made against them because they had not done what was right by the people they were called to lead so God told Ezekiel to prophesy against the leaders of Israel and he said give them this message and it reads What sorrow awaits you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? 
You're using the position I put you in for your own selfish gain. Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, you wear the wool, and butcher the best animals, but you let your flock starve. You see all the issues they're up against, but you ignore them while you fulfill your own needs and the needs of your friends. You've not taken care of the weak. You've not tended to the sick or bound up the injured. You've not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd. And they are easy prey for any wild animal. Because of the way you've treated them and the way you've governed them, my people have fallen subject to all kinds of disparities. They have wandered through all mountains and all the hills across the face of the earth, yet no one has gone to search for them. You're not even trying to figure out why they're lost. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you were supposed to represent my will on earth, not yours. You didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Since you won't listen to anyone else, since you won't take any of the wise counsel I brought to you, I now consider these shepherds, these leaders who I placed over my people and made my people subject to, I have made them my enemies. And I will hold them responsible for what has been happening to my flock. They are personally responsible for my people falling away, being subject to oppressions, confusions, divisions, and the like. I will take away their right to feed the flock. I will cause my sheep to not even want to receive from you. From you. They won't want to hear you. They won't want to listen to you, and they will not take your words as truth. And I will stop them from feeding themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths. I'm coming to get my people from the leadership that you perverted. The sheep will no longer be their prey. Now, I've placed uh, a few emphasis on it. Um, but in this prophecy, we learn that God gave his leaders the right to rule and govern over his people. This was a privilege and it placed the leaders at an advantage. But we also see that when these powers are abused, God will eventually take them away. And you know, we need to talk about this. Because people in any leadership capacity need to be warned about the dangers of mishandling anything or anyone God has given them. And for this reason, 
I want to focus today's prayers on people in leadership. Although being a leader and being a person in a powerful position often yields great advantages, God places a huge burden on the leader to do right by the office they're appointed to. And this should always be at the forefront of every leader's mind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you to lift up every leader that's currently placed here on this earth. Your word tells us that any authority that exists is established and given by you for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. And those who are governed by them are to adhere to them. Father, we pray that those in any leadership capacity begin to understand the weight of their calling and the burden of their responsibilities to advance your agenda and to protect those who are considered the least among them. Please position godly advisors around every leader. People who know your will and even uphold them to the same standard and hold themselves to the same standard. Give them advisors who's willing to speak the truth in love and stand for what's right, even if they have to stand by themselves. We pray that the leaders of this world surround themselves around these kinds of advisors, not the kind of advisors who are only yes men or advisors who seek their own personal advantages, but people who have godly wisdom and good intentions towards leadership and the people they're called to serve. Father, we ask that you remind our leaders that when a man's way please you, O Lord, you make even his enemies be at peace with him. We pray that our leaders open their hearts to receive your truth. For every leader that is walking in the error of your way, we pray that they heed your warnings. We ask that you remind every leader, especially those who bear the name of Jesus Christ, that with great power comes great responsibility and that they have a duty to use their positions for the greater good and for the people whom they lead. And if they fail to uphold their positions in this manner, remind them that their downfall awaits and that they have a personal issue with you. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Anyone who normally tunes into this podcast know that I've made a decision to no longer assume that everyone who listens to this podcast has a relationship with Jesus Christ or has already received salvation through Jesus Christ. So for those who may be listening but are not followers of Jesus Christ and you're now ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're like a prodigal son, you used to consider yourself a follower of Christ, but you know, you've fallen away from the truth and simply ready to come back home, please pray this with me. 
Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. Your word teaches that in order to be saved, we must confess our sins, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as our Lord and Savior. I may not fully know or understand what all of this means, but I know that I'm ready to give my life and my heart to something bigger and greater than me. For this reason, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. I turn from my sins, and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to draw closer to you in every way while I'm on this journey called life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to listen to more prayers and devotions, they are available on the Make Me Good Ground YouTube channel and all major podcasting platforms. You can also listen on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher entitled Praying the Word of God. If you know someone who will be encouraged by these podcasts, simply share it. You can also follow me on Instagram at Praying the Word of God. And if you're someone who gave your life to Christ and rededicated your life to Jesus Christ by praying the prayer of salvation with me today, email me at prayingthewordofgod2020 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your story. Thank you and take care. Hello, welcome to Praying the Word of God. My name is Tay and I'm here to let you know that I will return back to this station on September 12th to pray through the Word of God with you. Before I go, I want to thank each and every person who's been supportive and dedicated to our time together. And I pray that they continue to bless you as they do me. You know, I started this podcast out of a need I had. And that was for God to speak to me. And for me to speak to him. Especially during moments when I had no words to say. When I started this podcast, I was in a season of life where I guess I was tired of praying. I was getting discouraged in my prayer life and I couldn't put words together to explain to God the heavy burdens I was carrying for so long. So I just stopped talking to him. You know, I was frustrated with God and I was frustrated with myself And most importantly, I was frustrated with the circumstances I was in. So I felt that if God wouldn't provide answers for me, and if I keep running out of words to say to him, what were he and I doing? So unfortunately, I'm, I'm not happy to say I abandoned the relationship. 
I felt like if God wouldn't answer me, then I won't speak to him. After a while, I realized I had nowhere else to turn. I found out once again that God was the only answer to all of me. Even the things I didn't understand about myself. So I surrendered my stubbornness to him and, you know, reminded him of my need for him. And I became determined again to seek, to find, and to understand the heart of God through the word of God. One day, I opened up my Bible and I used my prayer time to just, you know, read his word instead of, you know, trying to find the right words to say to him. And after a while, I realized that his word literally had the answers to all of my circumstances. And I didn't have to conjure up my own prayers because coded in every passage, every person I read about in every book of the Bible were my prayers and the answers to them. So I created a space for my prayers just in case, you know, there was someone out there like me who felt like I felt and needed what I needed. Now, here we are. So thank you again for sitting in these moments with me. And you all are in my prayers forever. See you in September. God bless.